Welcome to the Washdown Podcast, episode number 97. And tonight's guest is Jason Spritzer. And Chris Nelson uh, joins in as a co-host again, making a guest appearance. Uh, we had a great conversation. We talked about uh, overcoming injuries, um, finding purpose again, and also a little bit of leadership. And uh, I think we just, you know, had a great conversation. I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, so here you go. Episode number 97 with Jason Spritzer. Done. <laughs> So five minutes ago, we were done. Yeah, we Don't finish. worry. It'll be when Jeremy's talking, not you. <laughs> That's how it always is. Yeah, yeah. Friendship, huh? Yeah. I, for- I forgot to wear my lucky hat. Oh. I bought one the other day. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. It's red and black, though. Does it got a clover yep, on it? The, it's got the clover on it. Yeah, just like the one that I have. Just always nope. following in my footsteps. Mine's, yeah. all, mine's all red, the whole hat. And oh. I don't wear trucker hats because it gives me weird sunburn. <laughs> <laughs> you got to be choosy when you buy hats when you're bald. <laughs> those are problems we don't have. No, no, no. we don't have those I problems. Can't, I can't sympathize with yeah, that. It's bald yeah. people problems. Yeah. <laughs> That's keeping it real right there. Well, yeah, those well, are, I mean, there, there you go. Things that yeah. we don't think about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that's the, yeah, we'll go down that road too about the promotions and how, you know, you get see a different side of things and a bigger picture. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. then even I would say more in your position now. So, yeah. but first, <clears throat> before we start talking about that, Jason, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so let's start off, get a little background. Um, like, do you well, always want to be a firefighter? You know what? Uh, so, yeah, it was kind of funny. I was uh, four years old. And I knew I, I wanted to be two things. I wanted to be a cop and I wanted to be a firefighter. So, and I didn't care what order it was going to happen in. It was going to happen. In my mind, it was going to happen. And uh, I had an interaction with a fire crew when I was a kid. And I got my head stuck in a uh, <laughs> ornamental uh, pillar. And I lived in Phoenix and, and that's where I'm from. And, and uh, uh, I couldn't get my head out. My grandma told me, you know, I'm going to call the fire department and I'm, volunteers and i'm four years old and they showed up with an open cab rig and they uh truck company and i was like you know i was mesmerized at that point the, the definitely old, a captive audience oh at that yeah point. yeah yeah well the uh the old salt captain gets off the rig and informs me that he's gonna have to cut my head off <laughs> and of course that i triggers me to go and start crying even more and uh I love the 80s man yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and then and then this uh uh, firefighter gets down on one knee and he wipes my tears off and, 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 uh, you know, my head's still stuck and he, he, you know, gets me out of this, uh, bind I'm in. And then he, you know, tells me it's going to be okay. And, you know, you know, and I can be like him and, it, you know, don't listen to that old salt. And that's first time I'd ever heard that term and had no idea what that meant. Right. And, and, uh, and then they showed us the fire truck and I was hooked and, uh, that, uh, that was a rough week in my life because then I got lost at the mall. <laughs> <laughs> and a Phoenix police officer found me and he informed me that uh, my family lost me and that I wasn't lost. Oh. <laughs> and so he put me at comfort and then they had asked me who I was with and I have an identical twin brother and, and he too is a firefighter now. And uh, 
So I informed him that I had a twin brother and, you know, it looks like me. So all these uh, off-duty police officers came, found, you know, came to me, looked at me, and then they went out to go find my brother. <laughs> <laughs> they found my brother and we were, you know, relocated or, or located, you know, my brother, and then we were reunited about 30 minutes later. And, uh, you know, and I, I remember the feeling as, as that kid that I, I felt so calm around that officer and what he'd done. And, and, uh, I just kept, uh, uh, focused on it, how, you know, how big that badge looked and mm-hmm. I, and I felt comfortable and I knew I was going to do, you know, both those jobs, th- those individuals impacted where I wanted to be. And, uh, you know, I remember it like yesterday and I also remember that that's how I want to treat people. And, uh, I have strived, uh, I worked as a police officer for, uh, four years prior to becoming a firefighter. Went to went to college to be a uh, police officer. Uh, I have an ex-wife that wanted to move back to Kansas City, and I went to Park University and I ran cross country and track there. And uh, she's like, "Hey, you know, why don't we come back here?" Got hired as uh, um, with KCPD for uh, a very short stint of a couple weeks, and uh, <laughs> I was in the academy again. And you know, I left uh, being a patrol investigator uh, at uh, Glendale Police Department, and then I. And then I, I did that for, you know, I was pretty good at what I did. And we were allowed, we were a smaller agency, we had 350 officers, and we were allowed to control our uh, investigations all the way through. So I would do the, do the initial call and I could go in and do the follow-up and follow through with, the, with, with my victims and get closure. Yeah. And, you know, that's a, that's a big thing. Closure is a big thing for, for both firefighters and police officers. So a lot of times we don't get that. And um, I came here and, and uh, did my two weeks at KCPD, found out I was probably a better fit to do something else. Uh, I just didn't – I wasn't going to fit their model at that time of where they were at. And I I got notification, hey, Kansas City's hiring, you know, and, and uh, I literally put my application in the last day that I could. <laughs> and I got notification to test and did the interviews and – Got very, I was very fortunate, and um, back then, I mean, we had you know twelve hundred people applying and testing at one time, and um, you know, I made it fairly quick, and I was in the first hiring class out of that group, and I didn't look back, and uh, got on the job, and I, I was, uh, I was, I think I was more mesmerized the fact that I had a police department that was a lot like how the fire department was on the camaraderie, so I left a place had a you know few weeks few weeks off and then came to a place that was home and felt like home where i had brothers and sisters and it was a family feel uh if you were in a bind you can ask anybody if you don't know how to do it Mm -hmm. you can just go ask and you're going to find somebody that's going to teach you how to do it and i think that's still here i just don't think we talk about it a lot you know and we have to go, and we have to we have to uh, remember that when those younger younger folks come to us and ask us, um, you gotta you gotta give them the same the same due that you got. Yeah, or yeah. a little bit better. Yeah, you know, customers. I'm big on customer service. I can't say that enough. I mean, that's my that's my big thing. I'm, uh, you know, I come from a I come from a city in Arizona uh, where Phoenix. The customer service model is ingrained in the fire department and the police department there. And, I mean, when I was a police officer, I learned customer service from 
the fire department. They came in and taught us a customer service class. See, firefighters teaching cops. Yeah. And I was like, (laughs) why are we learning from these guys? Right. And they're like, oh, trust me, you'll want this. And it was, and it was, you know, you pull somebody over and you have to make a decision. Are you going to write the ticket or give the lecture? And then Mm -hmm. if you're going to go in and pull them over and you're going to talk to them, I always came in with the philosophy that you needed to let them know what they did and then how can they correct it and give them the option of where to go to correct it. And the fire department, when we got on here, that, that, that was how I felt. Same thing. You know, it's like you, you didn't know how to do something and somebody's telling you you're doing it wrong. There's always an action of like, okay, then how do I do it? And then they show you how to do it Yeah, and, and do better. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty interesting stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, that goes back to we're talking about the people that you're training, the new people coming in. They're the people that you're going to have to work with day in and day out, and your life may be in their hands. So you might want to train them well. <laughs> well, and, and I also want everybody to know who my family is outside of the fire department, right? So uh, my other my other scenario is that I, was, I, I think it's so important that we – that we talk to each other and we find purpose and we find commonality. So the first, the first thing in anything is, you know, leadership comes in all different formats, right? Whether it's, you know, somebody that's on the ambulance and they're, and they, they have six months on and, or somebody that has uh, 25 years on and they're, and they have rank. Um, The leader can be disguised without any rank and, Recognizing that dialogue, we have a ton of young people that are that are, uh, you know, they have military career backgrounds and and they're doing dual roles, and it's fun to interact with those individuals because they have a different expectation. And when you see that expectation, mm-hmm. you interact with them. Uh, I always, I always enjoy kind of getting into the mind of those individuals because they have a big influence probably than what they think. Yeah. You know, and that influence translates into leadership because people are going to follow those people with that influence. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, it seems to me from at least my own perspective and what I've seen that those people that have come from that background, they have a set of standards and they want to uphold those standards. Sure. And not let them slip. Sure. So. Well, and, and how people become or what, what drew them to come to do this job, you know, I shared how I, how I you know, I, my desire was set on early, right? I knew at four years old that I was going to do this. And I didn't know how. I didn't know what I was going to do to get here, but I knew that I was going to do it. And, you know, my goal, my goal never changed. And I think that that's the thing for a lot of people is that sometimes we forget. You know, my, my capacity, my job may change within the organization, but but at the end of the day, I'm still doing what I wanted to do. That, that, the bigger purpose is to help people, you know, and having that higher view to remember that when I walk into a room, you know, that these are my neighbors and and these are people that have, have called us to assist. Yeah. Their worst moment, right? Mm-hmm. And I had, a, uh, I had a senior guy you know, always, always say to us, like, you know, it's, you know, it's that person's emergency, but it's your, your incident. And, and that's that part of that filing cabinet system that people put for the mental well-being of the individual for yourself, you know, because you want to go in and be able, how do I go to the next call? And so you're going to do that. But I think if you keep in the back of the mind, it's always that high standard of customer service, you know, at the forefront. 
internally and externally, outcomes are way different. Uh, yeah. What's the old saying? Catch more bees with honey? Yeah. Or f- more flies with honey? More flies you? with honey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> of course you're going to catch bees with honey. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not yeah. a sayings guy. Yeah. I'm going to fuck yeah. it up like 90% of the time. Well, it, it, it uh, <laughs> catching more flies with honey is a big deal. But, but moreover, I mean, uh, it, internally and externally, and I, you know, I say that a lot, but, um, you know, you're going to get treated the same with me. And that's just how I am. Um, a lot of times we we just we don't take a moment to hear the other person's story. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of very quick, quick do things fast, you know, and without taking the time and slowing down sometimes and really seeing what's there, because that you know we joke about the two a.m. toe pain call all the time, but. Is it really that or is there something else going on there, you know? And sometimes you got to take a step back and look at things from a different angle. And, you know, you might be able to remedy that 2 a.m. toe pain by spending 10 minutes instead of, okay, let's just go to the hospital. Yeah. And there's, a, there's a lot more options out there than just the hospital for your 2 a.m. toe pains that yeah. a lot of people don't know. And that I learned within the last year, a lot of things I didn't know. So it really changes how you're helping people. Well, and I think our uh, our service model is changing, and mm-hmm. we're we're in a we're in a scenario where when when we all first started, you know, almost twenty years ago, uh, you shut your dirty dirty <laughs> mouth yeah. twenty years ago. It, it's <laughs> creeping up, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and uh, well, at least for me, and uh, and but the 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 big thing is is like we didn't have uh, relationships with community groups like we do now and they're 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 slowly growing and um you know having community partners and taking a moment to listen to that that uh customer that patient when we're there to find out what their needs are i don't care if they're uh uh, somebody without a house or they're somebody with a million dollar home they're going to get the same service and and that same service is going to be that we're there to help you and we're here to listen to what the problem is. And if we can address the problem immediately, we will. And if we can't, we'll find somebody that can. And I think if you just go with that basic, because a lot of our, a, a lot of our areas that we that we respond to, they're mixed where you have demographics of, of little to high means. Yeah. And, um, and our big thing is, you know, how do you, how do you do it in a, in a prideful manner that uh, establishes dignity for people? And that's huge. I mean, dignity inside the firehouse, uh, you know, or inside somebody's personal house or not, you know, uh, where, wherever that home, what they call a home is. And dignity dignity is a big deal. Yeah. I don't disagree. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's an interesting thing. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's, and it's tough to navigate that conversa- conversation too. Because what might not offend you or me or or Jeremy, if you say that the same thing to somebody else, they they might take offense to it, and then now you have to rebuild that relationship in the short amount of time you're there. So it's really yeah. rocky and narrow road that you have to figure out quickly. It's paved with eggshells. I like the way I said it better. I prefer mine, but you know whatever. <laughs> 
Well, this, is, this is why I quit. <laughs> <laughs> but I keep bringing him back. Yeah, that's yeah, right. It's, like, it's really just a, a, yeah. a pause. Yeah. yeah. Sabbaticals. Every, every time I come back, I get 10% more. <laughs> <laughs> it's always 10% of zero. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was I'm reminded the other day of our tens of tens of listeners. <laughs> told you that. <laughs> Rob. <laughs> <laughs> well, so I went on the swell trip out to California this past weekend. And so we did a podcast while I was out there. Me awesome. and him and a couple of the guys that went. And then one of the board members was out there too. And that was one of the first things Rob said. He's, I can't remember what joke he made, but it was something about the tens and tens of listeners. I don't want to offend anybody or some, <laughs> some shit like that. I'm like, funny because it's true <laughs> well i mean i i think that uh you know that like-mindedness is there but as we you know because i listen to you guys and and yeah you know i keep my uh my, my comments to a minimum because i think that what i love to I, I like the i like a raw approach to hear somebody's opinion or where they're at and i want to hear them i want to hear them in authentic form yeah and I think that that's one thing that you've created a platform of authentic authenticity for people. Yeah. You know, well, you know, I mean, bottom line is with an issue like what we talk about most of the time, which is, you know, mental health and first responders, cops, mm-hmm. police, veterans. It's one of those things where you can't sugarcoat that stuff and you can't beat around the bush because that's been done and nothing gets done when you do that. You kind of got to hit that stuff head on and go, look, here's the problem. Yeah. It's one, two, three, and four, and we need to do A, B, C, and D to fix it. Right. And what we've been kind of focusing on, at least recently on the podcast, is getting people that have been through that stuff Mm -hmm. to tell their story and say, hey, look, you know, you just because you have to go to therapy or need to go to therapy or you got to do this or got to do that doesn't mean that you can't continue on, that you can't, you know, be happy and you know, be functional and still be an asset. Sure. Because you absolutely can. It's there's post-traumatic growth for a reason. Yeah. You know? I don't, I don't disagree with you on that. I mean, that, that's uh that's a, the, the biggest thing that I've, that in short period of time of uh, kind of even dealing with my own, my own stuff. Um, you know, when somebody gets hurt, injured, sick or anything of that nature and, and uh, you're, you know, whether it's, you know, work related or not. Uh, typically, it is work related in our in our line of work because we're all younger and and in uh, healthy bodies for the most part. And you you know, and you get hurt or or sick, and then all of a sudden it's like you know, uh, what was your identity through your professional means is now being in question for yourself, and you start trying to figure out you know what's next for me or, or gosh this is you know i'm 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 jason the firefighter you know or i'm you know whatever it would be and and people people go you know oh well you're you're hurt oh you're sick and that's and, the identity that you t- start to take right. on yeah. and because you're you have a you have a peer scenario where people their coping mechanism is they don't know how to ask that question of like hey are you okay you know um other individuals that have kind of gone through, uh, you know, being hurt or sick or injured, um, they typically will go in and reference their own experience, and they will probably come and treat you a little bit differently. We have a large number of people that don't 
you know, they don't they don't uh, take in consideration maybe their tone, and they think that uh, in a general area where there's an audience around the kitchen table in the morning is the place that they need to go in and try to maybe create, uh, you know, unthrottled friction with an individual. And that doesn't, that, that doesn't really help anybody, you know, nope. uh, having a good bedside manner is, is the key factor. I'm sure you guys know, is, you know, you're, you're learning as supervisors and, 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 and uh, as you move on and you're managing people and, uh, taking the extra step just to check in on that person's well-being and just making the moment just to say, hey, are you okay? Yeah. Well, an ounce of prevention prevents pounds of repair. 100%. Couldn't agree more. Uh, I mean, honestly, and, and and I think that, you know, we're we're scratching the surface on some major on major things. I think we're, we're headed in the right direction. Uh, we have a lot of work ahead of us. On, on being able to help people uh, emotionally and uh, physically with with their ailments and things of that nature, but we're making progress. I mean, it's a it, it's a it's not a just here in in our town, but it's also in in other places too. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a it's a national crisis scenario, and mm-hmm. I think we're fortunate in our end that we have we have a lot of people bringing it to light that want to that want to help. And it's just getting all those people that want to do that centralized. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, it comes down to getting it set up, getting the program, writing it, and having the money to implement it. And sure. the buy-in. Well, buy-in is huge for, for anything, right? Whenever you do anything. Yeah. Because you can have the greatest program in the world, but if nobody trusts it. Well, and, and uh, you know, we, we, we've we learned in, in, in our, everything we do, uh, when somebody gets hurt, we have somebody that gets hurt and they're, you know, the first thing that emotional crisis sets in because they're no longer able to uh, work overtime. They're mm-hmm. not, they're not able to uh, work their regular <laughs> spots. <laughs> so we're, we're looking at things that we never thought we were going to have to worry about. And that's, you know, can they pay their bills? You know, yeah, it's a big one. And, yeah. and what, how will that affect the, the home life? Right. I mean, uh, what was probably a scenario that you know no one really thinks they're going to get hurt or sick, and then all of a sudden it's like you know what did you do to prepare yourself for that moment? Yeah, did you prepare yourself for that moment? You know, typically the, that answer is going to be no. Yeah, because it's never going to happen to me. Sure, it might happen to you or you or that right. other person, but it's not going to happen to me. Absolutely. It's a, it's very interesting. I mean, you go through that and you're mm-hmm. just like, wow, you know, uh, and until you go through it, I mean, it's, it's one of those things until you've gone through longevity of, of surviving a, uh, an, an event, then, um, it's hard to, it's hard to really grasp it. Yeah. I was talking to, um, the chaplain out in California, um, with the swell mission and he was talking about you know, basically all the stuff that we're talking about here. And he was talking about getting injured and that's one of the biggest contributing factors, you know, of people that, you know, they get injured and then all of a sudden it's an opioid addiction or now they're depressed because it is like you were talking about earlier, you know, their whole identity is wrapped up in this is what I do and this is who I am. And they don't have, they can't separate the two. You know, because you're still more than that. Sure. I mean, you're still. But you got to find something, something to do 
yeah. while you're injured. Exactly. And there, there's always some some way you can do something. You just have to find it or have somebody help you help you be pointed in the right direction. And then once you're because you're so even though you're injured, especially in our line of work, there's always something to be done somewhere. Yeah. So it's finding that. And that way it kind of takes your mind off of, oh, I'm not working. I'm just sitting at the station or I'm sitting at home or I'm in too much pain to do something. You're focused on this task or that task or whatever it is. And then you don't go down that rocky road of depression or opiate addiction or you have a better chance of not going down it anyway. That's kind of what yeah. I found. Well, it keeps, you, keeps the individual engaged and isolation is the first step. I mean, yeah, I do, I do like I mean, being home by myself. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. who, who doesn't who doesn't like a little, you know, yeah, like but. like away from everybody time, right? Yeah. And it's, I mean, sometimes peace and quiet is great, right? You, and, need, you need it. I think it's good for the healing process, but but I mean, slope. I I I feel like we're we're unique in 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 the system we're in. We're unique because we have um, we have the ability to go back to work if you were hurt uh, off the job, and we're very fortunate in that scenario because a lot of places don't have that as, as an employer opportunity. And, uh, you know, as, as such, uh, purposes, repurposing and, and having purpose is a big deal and having programs in place where people can show up to work and they can be a vital, uh, a vital piece of the organization and to be able to have that purpose and to be reminded that they're important. Um, and hearing it from your peers is huge because you need you need to hear it from your peers. I mean, when you uh, the the biggest thing or big competitor scenario that we run into is um, we kind of in our, in our organization where we revamped the modified duty piece and we we set it up so that uh, there would be programming involved with people uh, that are on modified duty to come and help with community groups and. We're repurposing that person uh, to help us with some initiatives and to open doors in places we've never been before, whether it's food distribution, feeding homeless people, or uh, uh, underserved community members someplace, uh, f- finding a, finding those uh, needs and then asking our firefighter uh, personnel or EMS personnel to go in and assist us to help with those needs, it's a big deal. And I can tell you, I mean um, – I know in my experience, I mean, that's what I did. And, and, you know, I got, I got, I had cancer and I had to figure out what, you know, it was a, it was a shock to me that I had cancer. And then it was a shock to me that I was going to have to figure out what the treatment process was going to be. And then here I am after, after all that, uh, what am I going to do? And I had to figure out, uh, you know, showing up, showing up to the fire station and being stuck at the fire station, and you can only cook so many meals for everybody. I mean, yeah, you only have so many recipes, right? Yeah, yeah, and two, yeah, <laughs> mac and cheese and hot dogs. You know, mac and I cheese mean, and tuna. Well, and it's not, and it's not to be, and and the fact is, is that you you know you're watching your peers go out and your friends are going out and they're they're answering calls for service and you're still there, right? They're they're gone and the house is empty. Yeah. And you're in a lonely place. You better have it clean, yep. <laughs> you know, because you're because you're you know what purpose do you have? Yeah, and um, you can only do that so much. And and for me, I I I wanted I wanted to do a little bit more. And uh, 
So I had that opportunity, and and uh, I had a battalion chief that approached me on it and uh, asked me if I wanted to do something, and uh, I I was like, well, I don't know what that would entail. You know, what do you mean? You know, come down and work on a forty-hour work schedule. Like I work twenty-four. <laughs> <laughs> I'm off forty-eight. You're going to affect my off-duty job, like like, <laughs> like every good firefighter, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm like. I, I and that's uh, that was truthful and he, he and he laughed and he's like yeah I totally respect it you know he's like I just I'm just giving you opportunity you know I just really feel like you you would you would fit in into what we're trying to accomplish with the new process of of giving people purpose and I'm like yeah okay you know whatever and I'm you know I'll come down I'll come down next work day you know not not just because you ordered me right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's ego. my idea ego right yeah, yeah. yeah ego and and uh so I did, and I, I came down, and and uh, dude, he was just—he was amazing. He just like he, he just nonchalantly just kind of pushed me in a direction, and uh, I just I, the door became started creaking open for me into views of things that I never thought I was going to have. And my my first door opening and the first creak I can remember it took us to a, a kid's hospital, and we interacted with these kids that were all sick hurt or injured way more than I was and they were in need of uh, better human interaction and oh my gosh you want to talk about humble like I was humbled quick and I was like okay so this kid needs to interact with me because they don't have anybody else in their life at that moment that can do whatever it is the activity that we're going to do and when he did that I mean, we got done with it. It was tough. I mean, trust me, it was tough because we had kids that were, you know, that that were pretty seriously sick. And there's and there's a lot of restrictions that go with like what you can say and what you can't say, how you interact. So you're always trying to remember what the rules are, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah. Oh, yeah. Play with this clay. Uh, can I say this? Like, can I? <laughs> like, you know, can I? What am I supposed to say? You know, it's oh, like I can it, see how that would go horribly, horribly wrong <laughs> with a group of firefighters. So, oh yeah, a lot of coaching prior, a yeah, lot of coaching yeah. prior, a lot of linguistics on on uh, proper uh, uh, use of of the English language. <laughs> okay, guys, let's practice play here. You know, yeah. how are you gonna? You know, so, this is acceptable. Uh, These are not. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, if focus. you think it's funny at the fire department, don't do don't it. Don't do it. That's it. <laughs> so we we got that interaction, and uh, I, man, I was sold on it. I was like, wow. So wait, uh, I can do this? Like, the, oh yeah, we'll make this a thing. And I and that's how nonchalant it was brought to me. It was it was just like, yeah, we'll just make this a thing. It's kind of cool. And I was like, okay. And I'm like, and then it moved into like, hey, um, we had a we, I, I we had a another coworker that was uh she was she was initiating uh hands only CPR and oh my god she did an amazing job uh by herself she taught 1200 people hands only CPR in a, in less than a year's time that's pretty impressive you know and she built this program and this program still exists and we teach now we teach about 4000 people a year hands only CPR and it's hurt firefighters hurt firefighter EMT paramedics that are doing this and it's repurposed, and and they're going out and instructing, and, and and giving people a view of us, and getting to interact. And I mean, that's having those moments, knowing that there's bigger. You know, you're not just sitting around, and to go in and be reminded why you got into this business. The weird thing is, is that when those people go and make life saves, and they said, "Yeah, I learned CPR from the fire department." 
And you're like, holy moly. Like, yeah. Just one out of these probably 8,000 people that we've mm -hmm. taught in this short period of three years, then they've saved people. Yeah. Well, and that's a, dude, it's, it's that cascade or whatever you want to call it effect of the, the trickle down. You know, we're going to implement this program. Okay, we need some people. Who can we get? Oh, well, we'll take the modified duty people. Yeah. And we'll give them a purpose, have them teach it. And then it just kind of rolls the ball down the hill. Yeah. It's like the movie Pay It Forward. Yeah. Well, and the thing is, is like, yeah. I mean, you, watching that happen and, and uh, reminding people that what they're doing is important for everybody. And I think that's the big thing. Because the first response you get from somebody that, that gets hurt or injured, they're already defeated. And they're like, you know, oh, great. I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm being sent to that this location to go do this work, and I'm, yeah. it's punitive. And it's like, yeah. no. And the first statement is like, this is not a punitive scenario. We're asking you because we want you. Yeah. You know, we're, you know, I, I don't, I, no one wants to have to go in and be, be told, hey, you need to show up to this place. But I mean, we do. I mean, we're, we're talking twenty four thousand smoke alarms get in, get delivered or installed a year. And that's all done by modified duty people. I would like to thank them from the bottom of my heart. <laughs> I mean, think about that. I mean, yeah. I mean, that's how impactful is that for for oh, it's our huge. community? It's huge, not just for the community, but for the the companies out there. Oh yeah, you know, because I mean, I don't know how many you've run in your career. Probably <laughs> lost you've count. lost count yeah. of going and changing smoke detector batteries or installing smoke alarms. Sure, I mean, that's you're taking a company out of service. To go do that. Yeah. Now, and I'm not saying it's it's not a valuable thing and that they shouldn't or whatever, but, you know, that's taking up time that they're out of service, that if something happens in that district, well, now you got another fire truck coming from further away. It, it is a it, it is an amazing uh, prevention tool in, in a lot of different levels, uh, but it's also, you get to go in and, and you know, those individuals that are going and doing those, doing that work, I mean, for them to, uh, you know, it's not just making a call and it's not just uh, uh, getting the smoke alarms to that person, but it's having that conversation, interaction. You may be the only interaction that you had with that resident for yeah. the week. That resident typically is over 65, typically mm -hmm. for us. And they, and, you know, and you'll pick up on it and our people are skilled enough that they can pick up on the tone and they can ask, is there anything else that, I mean, we ask that question, is there anything else that you, that, that you yeah. find yourself needing right now? And it is amazing where it will take you. Yeah. And doing that, you know, just simple conversation and, yeah. and uh, it opens the door and it, and it becomes very preventative for us to yeah. have to show up to that house at three o'clock in the morning yep. for the annoying beeping smoke alarm. Yeah, you know it leads down so many different roads with them because they have questions they don't know who to ask. Well, now you're standing here, and that and it goes back to customer service. Yeah, Just being nice with a smile on your face, answering the questions. You might be there twenty thirty minutes. Yeah, but you just but prevented. Your, yeah, that that How twenty thirty minutes and, is so big oh, for that resident. Yeah, and, and, it's huge. Yeah, I think it's I think it is big. And going back into that repurposing piece, though, I mean, it's like you know, and people. Uh, instead of going down the, the, you know, the rabbit hole of dark of like, where do I go and, and, and where we're at? I mean, one is like, how cool is it that you were able to have that conversation with a chaplain, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, chaplains serve a different purpose than peer counselors. Yeah. Right. And then peer counselors serve a different purpose than mentors. 
and we're implementing all this into our in, into our organization and and they it's been around in different forms throughout the years but i think we're finally kind of getting into a, a bigger mix of, of kind of a variety i mean all we can do is get better yeah i mean but again it's reminding the younger people though that those things exist yeah yeah, that's the thing. I mean, you, like I said before, you can have the best programs in the world, but if nobody knows about them, or that's if right. they're if they have a skewed vision or version of it, that, right? You know, of what they think it is, they don't know exactly what it is. Then it can be an issue. Well, we all have our own version of what EAP is, right? <laughs> so we all don't, let's, don't, don't, let's, don't pull that. Cord. Let's talk about <laughs> EAP. But we all the, do. I mean, and, and it all comes in different forms, right? Yeah, it does. But I mean, my version of what I experienced back, you know, uh, uh, fifteen years ago is a completely different version now. And I mean, all we can do is grow. You know, it, it's never it's never a one uh, one size fits all model. It never will be. Uh, but uh, all we can do is keep keep moving forward and trying to try to get better at what we do and offer services. I mean, it's just a you know, and, and it's the beginning. It's a beginning phase for uh, immediate. You know, just under crisis moments in people's lives, and then they and then getting them to that next phase, keeping the bigger running the marathon with them and hoping that they'll, they'll continue on that path to, you yeah. know, hopefully getting a full-time therapist in their life, you know, or having a counselor. Yeah. Somebody outside of your regular support system. So you can kind of dump on. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's nice to have those, those, uh, I mean, it's nice to pay somebody to listen to you sometimes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you know? I don't disagree with then, that. But then you get the homework at the end of the, end of the uh, visit, right? And yeah. The, yeah. There's then, always homework. Are you going to be a good student? That's the question. <laughs> are you going to do your homework? Well, you know, you know? <laughs> and that's the thing though. A lot of, you know, firefighters and cops, you know, they, we'll give therapy a shot or whatever and they go and they have a bad experience or it's, they go one time and it's like, Oh, well I should be fixed now. I went once. That's not how it works. You, right. you got to put some work and effort into it. And the therapist isn't going to fix you. They're going to give you the tools to fix yourself. Guilty, guilty. Been yeah. there, done that. Right. Thinking that I can just go, yeah, I'll do my, I'll do my six, six visits with EAP or eight visits that you get. And then, I'm in a therapy session now, and now I've done my 12, right? Yeah. You know, I've gone for like maybe a year, and then I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm good. I got this. I got this. And then yeah. you're like, and then it creeps up on you. Yep. And you're trying to figure out where the agitation and, <laughs> and, and you know, sensitive sounds that, that, that you know, that, that certain sounds are now are now creeping mm-hmm. into you, and you're like trying to figure all that stuff out, and, and you know, or you're becoming very short about how somebody possibly washes the fire truck. You know? Why'd you both look at me? (laughs) (laughs) That's one of the few things I'm anal about. I don't care if the bathroom gets cleaned, but the fire truck's going to be clean. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Just pay attention to what the new normal is for a person, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is you have to continue the work. Yeah. Now, you, you don't necessarily, I think, and... I believe you don't necessarily have to continue to see a therapist after a certain oh, amount of time. I think you'll get the tools to maintain yeah. yourself. If, I mean, if you go to the right one yeah. and they will teach you the tools and deal with the issues that led you there, then 
I also think yeah. your frequency of use of uh, of a therapist can change. You oh, know, like absolutely. like, and I think I, I think when you have a good when you have a good one, they're gonna they're gonna recognize that with you, and they're gonna explain to you. You know, you come back, and then it, you know, it dwindles to you know where it's no longer you know a couple times a month, and now it's just monthly. Then to you know, it's once every couple months to you know once every quarter to you yeah, know biannually, right? Yeah, and. And you learn you learn to be a better um, teller of your uh, of your problems. Yeah, through that through that system, like when you got to do your you know do your updates and uh, mm-hmm. figure that out, and you're figuring out like you know what's my immediate right now issue, mm-hmm. and then and then what's been and then what's all the junk in the drawer. Yeah. You know, and then uh, and then did it even did did the stuff in the junk junk drawer make it even into my filing cabinet? yet mm-hmm. and we live our lives that way yeah you know and it's funny when those triggers are typically in those in that junk drawer and we see it mm-hmm. we see it a lot and um knowing okay you know that, that that it's okay to maybe approach that person about their junk drawer being left open <laughs> <laughs> yeah. easy There's, now yeah. you're talking about checking yeah. in on one yeah. another and yeah. i don't know <laughs> yeah I just, uh, you know, I do that a lot with people, right? Because uh, in, in my my position of of uh, handling media people and and uh, and doing headline checks, um, as I go in through that process, and I'm looking at trying to figure out, you know, what what is the public view, and then what's the internal customer service view of things. Um, we'll find ourselves where where people have their junk drawer open. And that was probably the moment that the headline was written is because their junk drawer was wide open and, mm-hmm. and they didn't take the moment. And, um, you know, it happens to all of us. Right. And, but, but the thing is, is that, um, you know, the junk drawer gets left open and, and if uh, we as a crew or we as a uh, station or we as a district know that that person's junk drawer is wide open and they didn't come up and ask them if they can help them, uh, that's on all of us. Yep. You know, and we all we all have to take the hit on that. There's no getting around that. Yep. And I think that's that's the accountability piece. I think that's one thing that I, I see us changing a little bit more in that. I, I see there being not as many check-ins as I would love to see, but check-ins are happening, not at the frequency and I think they need to. Yeah. You know, and if you love if you love your if you love your friends, I think you know because that's your family every third day, or 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 your work family. You know, for me, it's a forty hour work week now. I mean, I think I see it more often in my office now, uh, walking through the halls and taking a moment to check on people because uh, it's in a front front line front line conversation because. Um, you know, you have those awkward moments where maybe you go silent on somebody and you're not, you're not communicating with them. And if you're a normal communicator and you're, you're always, you know, checking in and you walk past somebody without saying hello. That could be an indicator. That is an indicator, right? You know, and uh, what do you, you know, and, and I would just ask that people take a moment and just check on their loved ones, you know, and even, even if you don't get along with that person. Yeah. Well, like you said, you're still with them for 24 hours a day, every third day. Man. So, and I'd go even a step further than that. Your life could be in their hands, or their life could be in yours, your hands. You know, yeah. I mean, we put ourselves in those situations. It's not like going into a house fire is inherently safe, or you know, working a car wreck on the interstate is just without risk. 
you know. When you go into those dangerous uh, uh, environments and, and, you know, you're, you're my, my favorite, my, my favorite response is like, oh, yeah, it's just a, it's just a house fire. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's just a, yeah. You know, oh, it's a bread and butter house fire. And I'm like, well, first off, it's somebody's worst day. Yeah. Right. And then the second part of that is that there's no just a. Yeah. Right. I mean, we're in the, you know, we're, we're in a crisis mode of, of handling it. We have systems in place and we, we conduct ourselves in a, in a great scenario of, 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 I, I like to think we have uh, some of the best customer service and professionalism that would out in, in the nation. And, you know, at least we have a lot of people looking up to us for it and there's always room for improvement. I don't care where you're at. And, uh, and you there is no best of the best. I think that it's, I think everybody that when you're at that higher level of, of expectation, you're looking at it and you're, and you're breaking it down trying to figure out to get better and training and taking the moment to, to do those things, learn your craft. And some of the hardest captains I've ever uh, worked for uh, have been the ones that did not want to go out and train. The best ones that I've, I've worked for are the ones that bring it up every day, and say, "What do you want to learn today?" Yep. And that that and that has a direct. I think that has a direct mm-hmm. reflection. I don't care if it's they want to learn about mental situational awareness. How do you talk to a mentally ill person? How do you go in and talk to somebody that has special needs? Whatever it is, uh, you can train. Yeah. You, you should. Know. You should do one thing every day. One thing, yeah, to get just a little bit better. And I and Watch the fire truck. That's that's that's, that, that's really my theory. So so washing the fire truck, starting you walk, your day with a with, with a daily routine. Day, wash the fire truck. Wash the fire truck. Yeah, and then you clean. So in that in that twenty five minutes, you've accomplished two goals. Because it was at the admiral Navy admiral at the University of Texas speech. I can never remember making your bed. Make your bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Make your bed. Same thing. I mean, it's just it's two things you accomplish, and then now what's that going to lead to? So now you're sitting around the table because you've done your cleaning and you've done your fire truck, and you're talking about the menu for the day, and what are we going to do today? What are we going to learn today? So it, it all just it builds on itself, and then you get into that routine. But it starts with washing the fire truck, which also leads into having pride, which leads into more training. It all it all is it all in that same circle. It all grows and builds on itself. I, I laugh because every 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 uh, company has a different version of how, you know like what, what's the right amount of suds. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we do it better. Yeah, <laughs> I don't care as long as it's clean. That's all I care yeah. about. And yeah. when you're in a in a multi multi engine house, uh, yeah, you wash all the rigs. Yes, I can't stand when people wash a fire truck well. but not wash an ambulance or the chief's buggy. No, if I wash one, I'm washing all. Three, four, six. I don't care how many rigs are in that house. We're doing them all. And just because I'm on the fire truck today or I'm on the ambulance today, I'm still washing all of them. So you're saying as a team. Yeah, it's a team building activity. Right. To include anyone that isn't that, that battalion chief? I didn't even say the battalion chief can come out. If, it, if, it, if, if, if they're, they're available. To, yeah. yeah. They got a lot going on in the mornings. Yeah. But I've seen chiefs yeah. come out and help I, wash I and think fight that over the That's the one thing I've learned in, in what we do now uh, in, in – in a duration of time is that the administrative duties that a battalion chief and a safety officer and a safety captain would have to do in the morning routine is so different than what it was. 
uh, you know, yeah, even, even in 15, three, yeah, even three, three or four years, years ago. Yeah, it's not even yeah. closely being the same. It takes both people um, to really administratively get the district on point yeah. to be able to do it. Well, and, I mean, I can tell you from my perspective, I've been a DSO for, what, since September, and there have been rarely times that we've gotten out of that office before 8 in the morning. Yeah. And usually yeah. it's not until 9-ish. Just from doing all of the paperwork stuff that you need to do, you know, that day. But don't you remember being the young firefighter trying to figure out why, like, oh, I could do it better. Like, oh, why why, why are they in the office and Mm -hmm. doing that stuff and and, and not having grace? To, yeah. oh, to, yeah. to to that process yeah. and yeah or, or why am i going here yeah. i could go here and do this right 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 yeah, yeah. my favorite oh, yeah. is the lineup like when somebody figures out that like uh you know uh well why am i getting detailed over here right and then mm-hmm. it's like but i know that this slot is open over here but then it's over here and not understanding that that you know believe it or not there's like there's like uh 16 people in the morning that are making the decisions on where things are going to go Right, and, yep. and have an understanding that it's sixteen people, all having conversation, and believe it or not, those sixteen people had a conversation about you. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't just like it, it was sixteen people that talked about you, the the junior person, and knowing that now, I'm like, holy moly! Like it, it like that's what it took to get me over to this mm-hmm. station over here. Yep, was that those that, that conversation with all those yeah. people? Because it's not. It's again, like I said earlier, it's about a widened perspective. Yeah. Because it's not just what's going on at your station. Sure. You're looking at the whole city's picture. Yeah. So something in another district can affect where, you know, a detail is sent to or an overtime is hired at or Well, I even go we're now in a in a metropolitan response, right? We're in Ottawaid, right? Mm-hmm. So we don't take in consideration like what what it takes and I think we're figuring it out now. Uh, where if we have a if we have a unit that isn't uh, you know operational uh, uh, you know continuously in a southern area or a northern area that that has an outlying uh, need because their neighbor is short staffed mm-hmm. and uh, you know uh, the burden becomes heavy for that group to carry the weight and and knowing that fresh you know fresh fresh bodies and minds in and, and, and uh, uh, being able to go to those spots is important because you need to you need to refresh your people mm-hmm. and the taxing that the taxing that we that we all go through into our system is huge and I don't think a lot of people don't realize that uh, I, they may not feel like that they're being remembered at that moment but trust me there's a ton of people that know that you're working and that you're that that it's not easy to do what you're doing you know. And it may be my grandma that you may be responding to, and if and if it's my grandma, I hope I get you at your you know on your A game, the best of what you can, at least at what your best is for that moment. Yeah, you know. Well, and I think that should be the goal for all of us. Everybody, every call, we should be on our A game. But it took you know it took a lot of people to get you to that spot, and yeah. it's tough though when when we don't and if we don't consider our neighbors, you know, if they're short. Like I said, because the southern southern area right now, currently, we know we have we have some situations with smaller agencies where they're where they're not they're not fully staffed, yeah, and they're having a hard time, yeah, really hard time, and we're and we're carrying the weight, and 
I, I and that's what I love about our people is that even though we have those hard conversations with each other and we kind of feel, uh, you know, we feel it's like it's difficult, you know, our people step up, you know, but you have to have a conversation. It's like any good coach or, or uh, team captain, right? You, yeah. you got to go in and have that conversation with your teammate and you got to tell them like, Hey, this is why we're doing what we're doing. Yeah. And I think that is the key, Jason, is being transparent and going, these are the issues and this yeah. is what we got to do. I'm, I'm might, a big believer in that. You know, it. Yeah, it's not going to be fun. You know, it's going to suck, but we're all going to help. And this is how we're going to get through this. And I'm going to use that quote. It's going to suck, but we're going to get through it. <laughs> That's my next that quote. Should, that should be our next T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll go back to the embrace the suck like the military. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's true. I mean, I've, you know, I've seen the same thing with. You know, some situations that have happened recently um, with us of having, you know, trainees and it's like some of the guys, I don't want to train them or this or that. But I've had other guys that have been like, send them to me. Let me do it. And it's like, cool, you got it. And I've got no issue. I know that if I put them with that FTO, they're going to come out jam as much as he can make them that way. They're going to come out jam up. And I, I love people that are that are wired to teach. And and not afraid to ask for the student and yeah. and in uh, anything. I mean, it's like the, like the biggest thing, right? Learning how to do a water relay, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> how awkward was it the first time that you had to figure out how to get a, a large copious amounts of water from miles away? <laughs> yeah. And and hook it all together. It, it always runs so smoothly. <laughs> yeah, and I, I remember the first time doing it, and like you're in, and you're just kind of caught off guard, and you're like, "We're gonna do what? And mm-hmm. we're gonna do? You know, we're an urban, we're an urban interface fire department, right? And they're like, and, and yeah, but we have, you know, we have some scenarios where our yeah. urban faced uh, places don't have good water sourcing. Yeah, mm-hmm. and. I think because we we've had some really good leaders, uh, uh, you know, leaders are people that will influence uh, a need and go in and say, hey, have we have ever done this and we haven't done it. Can we? And then to hear somebody say, why not? And then we go in and we go yeah. do it. And I think that's a daily thing that does transpire in, in, uh, across, you know, uh, our areas. And I, I find those moments pretty dang special because like when when you have when you have somebody that wants to teach it and you have a bunch of people uh, involuntold uh <laughs> that and then yeah. and then you watch mm-hmm. the change happen after you do it right because yeah. like anything we do right because it's like uh uh no one no one sets out to want to do hard physical labor in in in, in, a, in a in a moment's notice wait a second i get paid to do that right that's what that's what the public expects mm-hmm. so carry that expectation with your people and well, what a difference, you know? And I, I, I just remember learning, you know, somebody asking me a bunch of questions who, who, who now is much higher in the fire department and, and him saying, do you know what it is? And just going in about every piece of equipment on, on that rig and asking me if I had an answer for it and him not knowing that I was prepared because I had a I had a classmate that prepped me <laughs> that this was going to happen. And I had an answer for everything. Shut him down, right? And I oh. I couldn't remember any of it. And now you know because it's like you know because you, you you go into your expertise of wherever you're going to go. But at that time, I was man for that day. 
I was a subject matter expert on everything that had to do with a rescue, right? And this is pre heavy rescues and, 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 uh, you know, knew where everything needed to be. Right. And, and he just, he was shocked. Like, how do you know all this? And then what he didn't know is that everybody was standing on the other side of the rig. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're watching waiting for his reaction. Cause he did this with all the junior firefighters, but you know, it, it, because he would, he would give you a hard time if he didn't have the answer. And then yeah. I had an answer for everything. And then he was just like blown away. And the fa- the joke was that he didn't have, he didn't know how to react to it. He's just, yeah. th- this was his MO to do this with everybody. <laughs> and I mean, and now we've become great friends because of that moment. And the fact that uh, his guys loved him that much that to show him how much they loved him, they took me out before he got back and did what he did. So what he doesn't know is that I had I had six people taking me through for the duration of a whole shift on how everything worked out. Nice. The joke was on them because <laughs> they were all doing what he would do anyway. Would do anyway, right? Yeah. And and that's that camaraderie piece that that I think that's the spirit of of where we have you know we have those moments. I think we can have those moments on a regular, but we get we get so tied up. Yeah. On on. Um, microaggression scenarios and we don't let it go and we have those moments where we can let those things not be there yeah well i think there it all goes back to intent and if i i hesitate to apply or i would hesitate to apply a lot of those terms to the fire department police department or whatever because a lot of what we do like what you would term microaggressions or hazing or something like that is really just testing because we want to see okay where is the line at sure is this person gonna be here whenever the shit hits the fan and if they can take this much then that's what we correlate that to you know and obviously i'm not endorsing you know some of the stuff that used to go on well i think i i I think that we go into that scenario where when we're we're learning now and i think that we'll have those moments where you know, I mean, how many times would you stand outside of a fire station and a, a large copious amounts of water magically arrive on you from, from above? A Freak foot, uh, rainstorms happen in the yeah. Midwest, Jason. <laughs> I'm just telling you, right? Or if and you look up and there's like not a cloud in the sky and you're trying to figure out how, you, uh, how, yeah. you're, how you're wearing all this water. Yeah, you know, I read this thing where rain could fall from miles away. Like you can't even see the clouds. It's yeah. just the way the wind carries it. It comes it in buggies all comes in buggy but windows too. Looking at, at that and, and understanding what is an acceptance process into yeah. where you're at and the difference between <laughs> that and where we do have scenarios where uh, people think it's okay to uh, be borderline criminal in some, some things. And when we have and, – and knowing that difference, right? Yeah. There's a big difference. Yeah. There is definitely – you know, it's not even a small line. It's a big fat yeah, line yeah. that's there that you know you shouldn't cross. And I think you know, as a headline checker, because that's what I deal with, and and I look at that, and I and I think you know what I what I hope for is that you know your conscience is speaking to you when you're when you're taking into consideration anything that you do, right? And you just have to step back and ask yourself, you know. You know, is this is this how I want to be remembered? Exactly. 
you know, and the the reality is is that uh, a lot of people will go in and they'll and I don't know, you know, legacy on this job is is an interesting thing because a lot of people want to be remembered, right? And I think I go in with it that I just I want to do the best I can do at that moment, and I want to be able to I want to be able to make it so whoever takes over does does the job next has the tools so they don't have to do it over again. Right. But they don't have to reinvent the wheel. Reinvent the wheel? No way. Like, no way. Well, and and here's the thing about legacy. I mean, we've kind of talked about this. This job is, was here before us. It's going to be here after us. It's going to continue on. And if you can do like what you said, make it to where the person coming after you doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. Sure. How much more can you ask than that? Well, I mean, uh, you know, the new term is succession planning, right? So if I can make it so that, so that somebody can succeed uh, peacefully, and if you're leaving a spot and you're going to go bid a different spot and you're someplace else, and you know your spot is now going to be taken over by somebody else, and and uh, you want to be able to leave them with the with the knowledge of how to work with with within the district and how to do your job, and yeah. you know at least how you did it. So that they kind of have they have a, a experience of it. I mean, you know, and you know when you floated and you're floating now, mm-hmm. and so you're going through this new process and you're learning some new things. Learned a lot of new things, <laughs> <laughs> all in a, in a day. In a day. But isn't that the truth, yeah. though? I mean, like, there, there's there's so much you don't know, or there's things that you don't know you know that you've forgotten, and that you'd be reminded of, and then you learn new things and. And there's just, things you think you know, and you don't. <laughs> I oh yeah, I had the best interaction. I with, just want to go home. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I was like, I want to go and start over. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but well, it was a great day. Don't get me wrong. It was a great day. I, I had I had an interaction with somebody that 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 was uh, within a, um, a high, pretty high up, and uh, they they came to me to apologize and 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 uh, about an incident that we had between each other and and uh, and. What I loved about it was that uh, I didn't go to them. I didn't. I didn't. We had an awkward moment, and uh, and we were, we were an incident, and they they thought I was sharing I was sharing information that I probably shouldn't be privy to with with about something. And uh, my job is to collect as much information as I can and kind of look at things differently. And and uh, and I was just doing what I was supposed to do. And and. Uh, they didn't really take in the full view or consideration because what they did is they didn't see past my, my rank mm-hmm. and they couldn't see past my rank. They, they saw me as I'm, I'm a equal to that of a driver in mm-hmm. rank, but I have the access point to a very, very higher up place. And, uh, sometimes it's good to have kind of that informal, formal process. And, uh, but, that microaggression that and they had that they're, they're like they I mean they flat out laid me out uh, verbally on, on something and it took them about two weeks to come back to me and they apologized <laughs> to me privately about this moment now I will go to the ends of the earth for that individual because they did that right and uh, and that's the one thing about what we do on this job is that it it it, uh, it probably took a lot of courage for that person to come to me and 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 to eat some humble pie yeah, and be able to go in and have that conversation with me. And to be honest with you, I kind of forgot what I had done. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
Got to be like water off a duck's back. <laughs> yeah. Because I just, you know, there's so many occurrences in life, right? And so like what you what you do. So I had to kind of talk for like a minute and figure out what that awkward conversation was. And then I was like, and then I had the aho moment, you know, like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I remember what it was. You know, <laughs> it's like, you know and I'm like, you know, it, and, but to me it was, I, and I just, and I kind of jokingly made the point of like, you know what, I already, I, I've already forgotten about yeah. that. Like that, that's, to me, that was not a big deal. Like, because the reality of it is, is that I'm set out to do a job and how people react or what they do and how they take it and how they digest it, I can't control that outcome, you know? No, and, you can't. And I think, I think yeah. a lot of times people forget that when you're at work, it's not personal. Yeah, well, you hope it's not. It should, it should you be hope personal. it's not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we are talking about the fire department, yeah, I Chris. I love I, – <laughs> well, I mean, but there's certain moments that, that where, I mean, you know, again – where you see that a person or group overstep their boundaries and then, but it, you know, it, it gets addressed, right? You hope mm -hmm. it does. Yeah. You hope it does. And then you just, sometimes, you, sometimes we all need an ass chewing. Let's be honest. Well, I mean, motivational speeches are always important for everybody. Yeah. And, and yeah. I don't care. I don't care who you are. I mean, we all answer to somebody, right? Mm -hmm. Every, everybody does. And keeping that in the back of your mind of when you're doing this, I mean, that's, that's the bigger picture, right? Mm -hmm. Is remember that you're always going to answer to somebody for it, and and motivational dialogue is is important. You know, I mean, choice choice words sometimes occur during that motivational dialogue. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. the firefighter he comes out. <laughs> well, but, but I wouldn't even say that. I mean, it's just you know, uh, yeah, everybody has uh, uh, cultural differences, and everybody's going to have. Uh, different verbiage that they're going to use when they're describing something. And when that, and when that transpires, I think that the thing is, is that, uh, was it in the heat of the moment? Like, a, a, was it battle driven? You know, were you at a fire? Were you at, you know, and then did, did the end goal get accomplished with the way that that person was doing the work and the way that it was brought up, you know, to correct the action? Mm -hmm. Did that happen? If it didn't happen, then that's the retraining moment. Right. Yeah. You go out and retrain as a company and everybody yeah. gets to go do that. And <laughs> there's a process. You know, there is. See, I don't, I don't see four letter words as cuss words. They're sentence enhancers. <laughs> <laughs> but if everybody, but if Punctuation. everybody, well, culturally too, though, I mean, if, it, it, and I'm not saying that it's okay to, to, you know, I'm not by any means. I mean, if it's a regular conversation and, and a person just speaks like a, uh, you know, they, they speak like a, you know, what we would say is a sailor or a truck mm -hmm. driver and, and they're just, and that's their, you know, that's dubbed their, their way of talking. If they, as long as they know their audience and that's a done in private scenario, then I'm, you know, like all, all, all about it, but don't show up at my elementary school and think you're going to be able to talk to my kids that way. You uh, know? Yeah. <laughs> definitely guilty. know your guilty audience. Doing it. You know, yeah. sometimes it slips out. Everybody does it once. <laughs> and then it's like, and then you get told like, yeah, that was like, Hey, you did a really great job except for that one part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I you might've been there when I got the fiberglass stuck in my hand and I let out the MFR <laughs> preschool. <laughs> Not good. Yeah. 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 There's a level I did, of, I did 
doing great up to that point. And then with the fiberglass stuck me, <laughs> it came out. Everybody has different communication ways. <laughs> yeah. you know? It's like ways to communicate. Yeah. There, there's a level of professionalism that we need to remember, yeah. especially when dealing with the public, our customers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, not everybody speaks like we do. Yeah. Well, and, and everybody has a different version of angry, right? Like, oh, yeah. like, and I think that that's the one thing that I've learned uh, doing what I do now. Uh, you know, we'll, I'll get a phone call from somebody who, who, you know, they're, they're, raging about uh maybe how they were treated and then you find out that they you know that maybe that event where they felt like they were mis that they were mistreated you might find out that there there was a lot of inebriation on their part and that they probably all their faculties weren't probably there Mm -hmm. so the there was a misinterpretation of what transpired in that process it's not to say that 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 their version of it isn't you know it was probably very real for them into what transpired, but, um, you know, and I think that we have a group, we have a group of administrators that, that do a really good job, uh, handling and putting those kind of, uh, mishaps out quickly and create a corrective and a, and a trusting experience for that person. And we, I, you know, I think we do a pretty good job doing that. And that's been a history for a long time to be able to do that, take the angry person and check in on them and, and, you know, yeah, goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning. You know, are, are you okay? And that's even checking in on our own people. Yep, and asking if they're okay. Well, that's especially checking in on our own people, because you know, at the end of the day, you know, we talk about how this is a family and a brotherhood and and all that stuff, and you know, that's part of it. Because you wouldn't if you know you broke your leg or whatever. I wouldn't go, hey, Jason, walk that off. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, the bone's sticking yeah. out. I'd well, be like, hey, you might want to sit down and we'll get you some help. <laughs> well, and, and yeah. I'm going to give you a cup of dirt, though. <laughs> Rub on a little it. dirt. <laughs> <laughs> Here's some for later. <laughs> You're that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Well, so. and, and, and I think what my question to you guys is then, like, when you, when you go and, you know, you have a hurt. Uh, when you have a hurt uh, firefighter or a friend that is a firefighter and you know, when you're, when you're looking at them, do you find yourself finding common ground with them quickly to be able to figure out how to create empathy? Or do you see yourself in a scenario where you like, or where you're just like, well, Oh yeah, he's hurt again or she's hurt again. Um, I think it's on an individual basis. I, you know, Maybe we'll have that conversation after. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, you know. but I mean, there's, well, no, we'll just have it right now. It's fine. You know, as well as I do, there are people that abuse the system, right? Sure. And so sometimes it's like uh, you again. Okay. What can we do now? Uh, but you still, especially in the positions that we're in now, it's, there's this murky area of, okay, well, they're not my firefighter. So how much Am I going to be stepping on that captain's toes? But then at the same time, we're both still firefighters. And if I notice something's wrong, then it needs to be addressed. And if you yeah. look at it from like a safe, what is called a safety issue, you know, then everybody is responsible for safety. Sure. Right? Sure. There, there are times it's hard to be objective. Yeah. So it's, I, you got to take your personal feelings I, out of it. I think yeah. what I've learned in my, in, in doing what I'm doing and, and, you know, going back, you know, where, I can never go back to the field, right? I have no lymph nodes in my neck, so if I get exposed to fire, 
uh, and I, you know, our, our hoods. We're, we're the union is working hard with with uh, uh, through the labor management uh, committee process. Uh, we have some great we have great people that are that are really working on uh, what is going to be the nanotechnology for our hood systems that we wear. And that technology is going to make a difference for for uh, the future uh, for the next people coming in that they're not going to have a sooted hood resting on their neck and then uh, and then you know you take your fire wipes and you're going to wipe the fire off and all that and you're gonna and you're gonna address all those things. Those are all like these are great implemented things that we have now in place. Uh, my exposures were well before that moment. You know, and uh, and it doesn't matter where you did your fire time. It's it, it's how you addressed your equipment and what you were exposed to, and like washing your gear, washing your gear, having uh, having extractors available. Uh, the fact that we had an auxiliary that stepped up. I mean, oh my gosh, how great is mm-hmm. that? That you had an auxiliary uh, get us washers and dryers in in every station. Uh, you know, I mean, like tears in my eyes. That's like great stuff. That was all post my cancer, by the way, you know, and it's like, you know, which is great. <laughs> this would have been helpful <laughs> yesterday. Like, and, but, but I love it, about though. the time when we all came yeah, on. Right. We didn't have the extractors. No. You know, washing your gear right. was kind of looked down on right. in a way. I'll be honest yeah. with you. I have a lot of respect for, for uh, you know, I, I look at clean gear differently now. Uh, yeah, I do. You know, but that's but that's also knowing what it costs to uh, get treated for uh, cancer, right? Yeah, and so, <laughs> and and you know, you wouldn't know it. I mean, but you know, the kind of the uh, the kind of cancer I had was a uh, was a throat and a neck cancer that uh, they you know they took half my tongue, and so I had to teach myself how to speak again, right? And so they took part of my forearm put it into my mouth and, and, uh, and then they took a vein from my uh, forearm and that's what gives it the blood supply. And I was like, man, I didn't know what I was going to do, but my dad had said to me, we're at the hospital. He says, Hey, he goes, uh, and I, mind you, I can't talk. Right. I have half a tongue. Right? Yeah. Okay. And uh, it, with a forearm in it. Right. So, <laughs> and, and so, and so I cannot, so I'm just, uh, yeah, I'm just like, love, 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 speaking off the cuff. <laughs> I am. I am I, all day, all day, all day. <laughs> wow. By the way, I've been sitting on that one we're all, for we're a all long friends time. Here. We're all friends here. We're all friends here. I'd I've been like waiting for that. the right time to use it. I'm using that later. That, yeah. That's going to be my opener and later. I'm just mad that I didn't think of it. <laughs> and that's, but that's what I'm talking about, right? And, and, and it's like, and my dad says, you know, he says, so what are you going to do now? You're like, you know, you, uh, you know, Doc said that, you know, you don't have lymph nodes. You're probably not going to be able to go back, fight fire. And mind you, I'm, I'm, I'm just now like 48 hours after the fact on a Christmas, you know, it was Christmas Eve when I got, when I had my surgery. And so I'm like, and, and I'm just like in displaced right now, just trying to figure out what I'm going to do. And I had this overwhelming, uh, experience for myself where I was like, it, like anything, you know, you get knocked down and what are you going to do? And it was quickly, I, I quickly came in with purpose and I was like, you know what I go. And I, I and I was typing on my phone and so I would message through my phone, and I and I message that I'm going to become the public information officer. I'm going to be the PIO. And he just kind of looked at me, and he's like, "You only have half a tongue." I go, "And like," and I left <laughs> it at that, and then I went to bed. You know, it's like you know, <laughs> you know and I was like, "Challenge yeah, accepted." Yeah, and I was like, "And and I'm and and I set out, and I figured out, 
at that moment that I knew that that was going to be a goal for me, but it was not going to be a goal of like, it, it was, it, it's bigger than that. It's about fire prevention, customer service. It's about, you know, uh, doing, doing bigger for, and better for everybody and understanding that we used to be in a system where you just talk about a fire, you show up to a fire scene and you go and you talk about it and that's it. And then we would, we didn't do this internal external customer service piece that would be associated with it. And we're growing and, and, and it'll be a grown, grown scenario. So then the next person comes in, no matter what rank they are, because I think it's a talent that, that uh, only a select few people will probably have because uh, not everybody can do this job. You have to be, you have to be very thick skinned and you have to not take it personal when people are having a bad day. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of bad days out there. And, but what you have to do is when that bad day arises, look at that person and tell them it's going to be okay. And don't be facetious about it, right? Be authentic. And, and, and truly, I, I mean, I would never tell anybody something I didn't really think about them. And uh, otherwise, I'd just be quiet. <laughs> Those watching, you know who you are. <laughs> you know, but, but, at, but at the same time, it's like you go in and, and uh, uh, I think it's funny because you just, you know, I set that goal out. And I was like, hey, this is what I'm going to do. And um but I had no idea how I was going to do it, right? And if I'd known that all the work and everything that was going to arise and how it would play out, and that same that you know that same opportunity arose itself, and it's like, hey, you know, we want you to come do this. Oh, hey, by the way, do you mind doing social media accounts? Hey, do you mind? Uh, do you mind writing this press release? Hey, do you mind? And so then I was doing all these different little things, not realizing that you know what I believe is my higher power stepping in and presenting this to me. And I was saying yes to it. I was like, I never said no. I'm like, yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I'm going to do that. I just became a yes person of of challenges. And COVID hit. And I found myself in the March March of 20, I was on spring break. And uh, my wife and I, uh, we, were, we were on vacation. I got a phone call that I needed to come back and that, uh, that I was going to be reassigned uh, into a situation where uh, I needed to be prepared and ready to go. And I had no idea what that meant. And uh, the fire chief had asked me if I would uh, take on the role of, of helping write press releases. And, and there was going to be a lot of policy changes that probably transpired. Uh, we had uh, assistant chiefs that had the uh, fortitude to see this back in January that ordered PPE <clears throat> that knew well, well in advance that something wasn't right. And they knew that they needed to uh, step in and, and uh, uh, prepare ourselves for, for a major event. And we took we took a, what was an interesting scenario in labor groups, uh, labor unions stepping in and figuring it out through through great communication with other locals. And uh, uh, that was a trying time for everybody. But what what I think the hardest part was is we knew it was going to be taxing on everybody. We just didn't know what cost. And I think that that's the part that, like, I mean, the hours and hours that, that people were, you know, friends dying. Mm-hmm. Um not knowing what an exposure really was. Now, mind yeah. you, at the same time, we lost our infectious c- disease person, like to retirement. So, and, and reassigned a new person and gave them an additional, you know, somebody's job. It, it was just an added. We had a full time person on this, and then we and then we added the duties of that that role to somebody else, which he did a fabulous job and stepped up. And I mean, it was just amazing. But to lose your heart and soul of of the person that was super prepared for it. 
Now they gave the succession book to the other person, which was, I mean, if we didn't have that, I think we, we would have been in dire straits, but the amount of uh, stress that it created on everybody was just intense. I mean, we had, you know, I think it was like 60 to 70 policy changes that we had to write on what was going on. You want to talk about an adaptable workforce? Yeah. I mean, that's pretty impressive Yeah, that our workforce did that. Yeah. And not to mention the people that volunteered to come in. Can you believe that? Yeah. Somebody getting COVID and then somebody coming in and stepping up and, and, and taking the shift and, and be able to do it. <clears throat> I mean, like, and I'm just like, I, 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 I'll go back to that. And I'll look at that. Like, you know, once in a, once in a, you know, probably hundred generations experience. I mean, it's really, you know, it's just amazing. Well, I guess that's not true because it happened in the, you know, the Spanish <laughs> flu, but, yeah. but the reality is, is that, but, you know, we're in a time of documenting it, right. And, and yeah. remembering and, and being able to go through those things and our workforce, that that's the part of the resiliency that I know exists. And, but we're still recovering from it. Yeah. Yeah. I would say that we've got a long way to go to recover from it. I mean, because it costs us a lot of people, and the stresses, and how to how to ascertain or deal with it. Yeah, I want to know how everybody gets to go on a free surfing trip. <laughs> That's what I want to know. Just got to talk to Rob, man. <laughs> hey, so if I don't want to go on a surfing trip, can we go on like a cabin trip? <laughs> That's not what swell does. <laughs> It'd be swell to be in a cabin. But how, I mean, but how cool? I mean, you know, I had the I had the privilege of of meeting those guys and and talking with them and and uh, I you know I same thing with uh, uh, firefighters uh, uh, KCK firefighters doing golf. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like what a, I mean, these organizations that are out there to uh, help with mindfulness and to be able to, I, all I can do is encourage peers to want to jump in and, and do, you know, if you, if you have an activity that you like to do and I'm not, not just stepbrother activities. I mean, like yeah. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I'm talking about other activities, Yeah, you know, besides yeah. samurai swording and, and Hey, and karate in the garage is never overrated. <laughs> but I mean, <laughs> that, bring, that brings back some memories for me. <laughs> <laughs> I to work with. <laughs> But I mean that's cool though, right? I mean like and and you've had these people on and yeah. you've talked with these people and and I think those are in previous episodes and and mm-hmm. you know that's as a friend but also as a as a you know listener. I mean what an appreciation I have for for this show and what, what you guys do because it's a big deal. I mean and and that those individuals they all they all created their programs because of a bad day. Yeah. They all recognize their bad day, and they're like, "I don't want anybody else to have." I, I want them to feel like that their bad day isn't going to be a, on repeat. Yeah, and I think that's my biggest thing is that when you know you're having a bad day, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, like they're out there, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, they are. Being and able to it, recognize it's huge. Yeah, and then being able, to, you know, having that going back to the toolbox and being able to fix your bad day. That way, it doesn't continue to be a bad day and compound on itself. Yeah, that's. That's kind of, I think, for me, that's kind of the key is being able to recognize it, whether it's me or somebody else. And then, hey, try this. Hey, try that. Yeah. And then stopping that bad day there. And then the rest of your shift is, or whatever day it is, whatever you're doing is yeah, well, not it, bad anymore. Yeah, it goes back to prevention. If you can stop it, you know, before it becomes a huge gaping wound, you know, that's the goal. 
is to not let it get to be that big thing. And that's why, you know, I'm thankful for those organizations too, because that's their goal, you know, is to. How cool is that? I mean, seriously. Phenomenal. And, you know, they're not the only ones out there that are like that. Oh, no. No, no. I mean, these are, there's, you know, there's probably thousands uh, within, you know, in our communities. I think that's the thing is everybody knows a firefighter or a police officer someplace else or a nurse or, or, you know, or, or somebody in, in our line of work. And, um, I think it's when you, when you recognize or you're having that conversation with those individuals and you, and you're finding out in their town, they may not have it, mm-hmm. you know, do the follow up and form the email and, and, or send them the show. I think that that, that, that could be the greatest, uh, a gift you can give somebody is like, Hey, have you caught this podcast or, or, you know, uh, a, a simple share yeah. is, is an amazing thing. Cause I mean, uh, we haven't even, I mean, you've, you've addressed so many different topics, whether it's through addiction or it's through, you know, talking, talking about mental health or, or how they're coinciding and where, where things are going through. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think that in a survivorship scenario for, for people, cause you know, even for like what my scenario of with cancer stuff, it's like, um, you know, cancer support network, man, I called them. They were like, wow. I'm like, they sent me a box and they're like, it was a simple gesture, but it was something that of what they did is that they sent me how to organize my thoughts. Because they knew, and I was like, "How do they know this?" <laughs> <laughs> I'm the only one who's ever been this be- through like, this before. <laughs> how do they know this? So that's a, that, that that this is. I was like a little kid. I open, I, I, you know, and and the rep called me, uh, and he's like, he says, "Hey, he goes, I sent you, a, I sent you a box. Let me know when you get it." You know, of course, I didn't call him, and he called me because he had a, a tracking number on it. He's like, "Hey, you got this <laughs> box?" And I'm like, "I go and I." Pop the box open, and he's like, uh, "He goes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay on the phone while you open the box." And I'm like, "Okay." And he's on the phone with me, and I'm like, "All right." And 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 it was that simple gesture of them being on the phone with me while I opened the box. Said, okay, so let me explain to you what you got here. And it was like a dad to a kid on Christmas explaining the tools. Okay, and yeah. it was like, you know, it's getting your first toolbox, right? And I was like. Okay, so what am I looking at? He's like, okay, so that's not just a bin; that's your filing system, you know. And I was like, okay, you know, and it's this, you know, and it's a plastic bin, and I'm like, okay, and it has files, and it, it's marked, and it's you know got my medical bills, it's got doctor's visits, and it's organized all the way through. He's like, yeah, if you open that and you look down at the bottom, he goes, there's this, there's this section for business cards, and I'm like, okay, so what's that for? He goes, well, that's for your all the specialists and all the doctors that you're going to go visit. If you need another one, let me know and I'll send you another one if you need it. Okay. And I'm like, I mean, this thing had like 14 pages of like, you know, four, four <laughs> business cards and back front to back. And I'm like, if I need another one, I'm like, yeah, okay. It's full. Of course. It's full. Cause yeah. it's like, he was like, I want you during your experience to just everybody that gives you a business card through your process, just put it in there. He goes, you'll need it. it it'll be a good reference tool. And he was right. I mean, it's like, you know, but it, but those things, having that in your corner, uh, support systems like that, you know, no different than how Swell is or, or any of the other groups that you've, that you've interviewed with, uh, and not being uh, too ashamed to ask for help. Yeah. And that, it, you know, uh, and I'm grateful that, that we had people before us, uh, you know, uh, I think it's because the Byrne Foundation and because the Byrne family – I uh, made it front and center to, to the cancer support network, uh, kind of that literature going out that 
I would have never called that number if that number hadn't been posted up on the board. And that was front and center for me, you know, and uh, prayer was big too, because uh, I had an awesome captain. I mean, he, he very, very religious and, and uh, he took me off to the side and, you know, we're good friends. And he's like, Hey, he goes, you know, do you want to pray? And I'm like, if you're leading it, you know, <laughs> I'm listening, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, know, like, you know, and I did that. And, and that, that helped me. Right. But, but, uh, but that support network and having that in place and, and the irony is I never thought I was going to have to, I never thought I'd be able to pass that on. Right. I like, you don't think that you're going to be the one that has to pass it on to the next. And then there's been two other people that I've, I've had to give that to. And, but if we keep doing that, whether it's the mental health, medical issue, whatever it is, and then reminding somebody that they're, they're, they're worthy yeah. to receive the help. Yeah. That you're not alone. You're not the only person that's ever been through this. I think we I think we fall into that where we don't think we're worthy to receive that because we think we're the ones that we have to give it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize that, you know, it's like, you know, you, ever, you never want to see yourself on the other end of the cot, right? Like, exactly. like, 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 like that's a, like, who wants to be on there and has to see their feet at the end of the cot? And they're like, you know, and you're like, wait, how did I end up here? You know? Yeah. Well, but that's, you know, that's so common. The common mindset with us is we're the people who do the helping. We're right. not the people who need the help. Right. And so it can be hard. It can be really hard. Yeah. That can be a huge, like, roadblock and obstacle yeah. to get around for people. Well, I'm a big I'm a big believer in servant leadership. So I think that uh, the, the other side of it is uh, as a person on the receiving end of it, um, you know, I, I didn't have – I didn't have enough time at that moment that would get me through because the way that my cancer was going through, our system is set up where you have to, you have to be, you have to be off on non-compensatory and you have to be on your own medical and then you have to hire a lawyer and then they will get you, they will go and they will, they will fight on your behalf to be able to get it so that it, it, they can prove that it's job related if it is. And so it didn't, it didn't very it didn't take very long for us to prove that it was. But the irony in the whole thing is that um, I I used I, I used an attorney that was an amazing for me, and he uh, the reason why he was so successful in in uh, cancer uh, um, occupational cancer for firefighters is because there was a firefighter that was in Gladstone that had had it, and I was friends with that individual. And his wife didn't give up on that, uh, on the occupational cancer side. And she fought after, yeah, after his death, she fought for uh, several years to be able to make sure that the next firefighter family would be occupationally covered. And so, uh, you know, we had uh, Jerry Baton, his, his family, uh, amazing and strong. And his, his boys are just absolutely phenomenal. And, uh, uh, you know, his mom, dad, sister, just good people and uh, uh he you know i got to spend a lot of time with jerry during his uh recovery during his health health scenario prior to it coming back and knowing the fighter that he was that gives you the, that lays the foundation if you have good friends and you watch how they fight then you'll you'll be able to do the same thing yeah. So I think when you go in and you're talking about mental health and all that, I think that it's, you know, it's okay to ask for help. Absolutely it is. You know, and because uh, we all we all need it. 
We usually we don't know that we need it <laughs> until a friend says, hey. either a spouse or a friend, right? Or or divorce papers come. Uh, and, yeah. You know. Well, at that point, you've probably been lying to yourself for a little while. And and the, yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Just ask ask for, if you need help, ask for it. Yeah. You know, or, or 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 if somebody approaches you, don't be offended. Uh, they may know you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you haven't been yourself lately, yeah. so do you need a Snickers? Or... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Usually works. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, man. Well, Jason, yeah. thanks for coming on, man. I really appreciate, appreciate you it. Me. This has been fantastic. Chris, For thanks for making a guest appearance. Uh, we'll start final thoughts with you. Oh, man, I'm unprepared. I don't, I don't know. So here's the deal. If you go last, <laughs> you have to close out the show and say what I'd normally say. I don't remember what you say. Yeah. You say a lot of stuff, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. My, my biggest thing is just oh, there's a, there's always a, a path to get back, no matter what what route what, what road you're on. There's somebody willing to help you. You just gotta be willing to take the help. Sometimes it's not even asking; it's just accepting. That's kind of my thing. And if you see something, say something. I'm always been big on that. Whether it's, you know, I, I I tell the new guys whenever I work with them, if you see something, say something. It's none of this. Sit there and be quiet. It's, and but that's that's in all walks of life, for me, no matter what it is. See something, say something, because you don't know what you're going to catch and you don't know what you're going to change. Jason, don't be that guy. <laughs> Elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> If you don't know who I'm talking about, you're that guy. Yeah. There you go. That's yeah. <laughs> I mean it. So, you know, my my thing is is be open to uh be open to criticism and uh constructive criticism isn't there to uh it's not there for a reason of of making you feel bad, you know, and I think that that's the one thing I've learned. Uh I I have numerous people in my life or or that have been that have come through my life that they offered uh, constructive criticism, and early in your life, you think you're going to be sensitive to it, or you are sensitive to it, and, you, and then you kind of – you don't want to listen to what they're going to have to say. That's just being – you know, that's just comes with age. And my thing is, is that if you have an opportunity to hear advice from somebody that's been through hard times – and or even if you're this that person that's like third third row down the chair, you know, like you're you're and somebody's sharing their life experience, and you're listening, take the moment to listen to what's being said, and because believe it or not, um, it may apply to you down the road, and uh, don't be afraid to be the person that has to share with the other guy that it's okay to uh, get help, you know, and and get personal with them. You know, if you don't do it in public, do it in private and just and share your experience. I mean, the best best one-on-one moments have, have probably sprouted into uh, creating some of the best people that I've had uh, as leaders in my life because somebody went to them and shared and, and got them back on track. And we all kind of need that. Oh, absolutely. And be nice. Be Definitely nice. be nice. Don't Patrick, be... Patrick Swayze, be nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, so my final thoughts. Um, one is uh, you, you're still valuable. 
you know, it doesn't matter if you are sick, injured, whatever, you know, and, and I'll say this for, you know, your situation, you know, you got sick and you can't be a firefighter anymore. Just, you can't, but you found a way to contribute and be valuable to the organization. You found a passion that's fulfilling and I would encourage everybody to do that. And it's, you can look at that in all aspects of your life. I mean, if we're talking about mental health, you know, just because you go see one therapist that doesn't quite work for you, don't be afraid to keep going and keep trying and find the one that does the treatment modality that's going to work for you. You know, the, I guess the, the long and short of it is don't give up. So you got to keep searching, keep working, keep moving forward. So everybody, thanks for stopping by. If you know somebody that is struggling, reach out to them, let them know you care, let them know there are resources out there for them. Uh, If you are struggling, reach out. There are resources. Don't be afraid to speak up. Um, It's a sign of strength. And the earlier you speak up, the easier that it's going to be. Don't wait till the wheels fall off. So thanks for stopping by and uh, we will see you guys next time.